Hey, welcome into the Down the Road podcast covering your Lakeland Magic. Nick Grunowitz here, voice of the Lakeland Magic. We got a great conversation set up for this episode. Emil Jefferson, who's played parts of three seasons in the NBA G League, two seasons in the NBA with the Orlando Magic, and was with the Duke Blue Devils for a national championship. No one has played in more Blue Devil games than Emil Jefferson. In this episode, I talked to him about his journey to the G League. What did he know about the G League after going undrafted out of Duke? The choices he had to make between staying in the G League, going overseas, and of course, the new pathway to the NBA program that is out there uh, in recent news. So let's get to that conversation with Emil Jefferson. So these these are different times, Emil. Uh, what what have you been up to during these stay at home times? I I heard you picked up maybe one two different sports or so, including you learned how to play tennis or something, right? Yes, I think the uh, the biggest thing that I've been doing with my time, as you said, is uh, I, I picked up tennis. About uh, I've been playing for about almost five weeks now. Um, so pretty much the entire time we've been in quarantine, and uh, I did not realize. Uh, how much of a great sport, you know, tennis is, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing for cardio, um, pl- being able to play singles. Uh, and, you know, I literally just started, you know, hitting a tennis ball five weeks ago. So I'm still learning and I'm training and I'm getting, uh, some lessons, but, uh, I really like it. It's fun. The cardio is amazing. The footwork, um, and, you know, the ability to move laterally is, uh, really similar to basketball, uh, so I like it. And it has been, you know, one of my biggest uh, pastimes, you know, during this this stay at home order. So it's been really cool. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a big fan of tennis. I love the game. Uh, who have you been playing with? You got a family member or someone like that that you've been playing with because you can socially distance and play tennis. So it's the perfect sport for this. Yes, the the social distance thing is great. You know, you guys are on one side of the net and the other. So I've been playing with, with family and family friends, and uh, it's been great. been getting lessons. Um, uh, some of my uh, family, they uh, play, um, and they play, you know, pretty much all their life. So they've been teaching okay. me, and it's been good. Nice, nice. Uh, Emil, let me, let me take you back to uh... – the the night that the season got suspended at the time that we're we're recording this that was about six weeks or so so Rudy Gobert test positive at that point in time you were with Lakeland um you guys had had rat, rat, uh, rattled off around six wins in a row or so you had just rejoined the team what what do you remember from that night that the season got suspended uh yeah so I can remember that that night uh pretty vividly because um, me and uh you know one of, me and Jason Tatum uh who's one of my closest friends uh we were on the phone as the whole process happened so it was pretty crazy um he had called me and I want to say he was in Milwaukee and you know he's like yo are you watching TV like this uh they just said Rudy Gobert might have tested positive for coronavirus and there was a game going on and then Utah was warming up to start their game and we just started talking like man what what do you think is going to happen like they're talking about they might cancel the season and we're like man they wouldn't cancel the season but they'll probably play with no fans so you know we're like all right you guys will probably still play but there'll probably be no fans and then it comes across a ticker like the NBA season is canceled and then you see everyone walking off the court and it just happened so quickly. Um, 
And of course, it was 100 percent the right thing to do. But it's just one of those memories that's, that you have so vividly um, because of, you know, how impactful and, and important it was. But it was crazy for me and him to just be on the phone narrating the whole thing and talking about it and uh, seeing it happen. Yeah, it, it felt like such an impossibility leading up to the moment that it happened. And then the minute that it happened, it was just like, well, of course, that's what's going to happen. And, and we'll see about them getting... You know, the games restarted at some point in time here in terms of the NBA and kind of where they're headed uh, headed with that. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about this season, Emil. Uh, you spent the last two years with the Magic organization. Last year you were on a two-way. This year uh, you, you signed an NBA deal just before the start of the season. We were expecting to have you for every single game in Lakeland, um, and I know they were really confident about this season uh, with you a bit, as a big part of it. Um Take me back, though. I want to go back to uh, to 2018, actually, your your yeah. NBA debut, because you, you spent your first pro season with the Timberwolves organization, and then you make your NBA debut, unless I'm wrong here, um, in a Magic uniform. What do, you, what do you remember about that debut? Yeah, um, I believe we were playing the Hornets. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. I think we were playing uh, the Hornets and, you know, you're definitely nervous. But for me, uh, I was ready um, to, to finally be out there and, and to get on that court and to, to play. Uh, just because, like you said, I had been with uh, the Timberwolves and I had seen, you know, uh, you know what it's like to, to be, you know, on the sidelines, on the bench, you know, uh, being a supporter from that role. But, you know, to finally go out there and be able to play and to be a part of, you know, uh, a real NBA game was something that was truly special uh, for me. And, yeah, I was nervous, but I was definitely, you know, uh, ready and excited to, to, to be able to go out there and, and help my team in any way possible. Yeah, because I, I remember when you got called up, uh, you actually, it was it was in Charlotte. You're right about that. It was on New Year's Eve, December 31st, yeah. 2018, New Year's Eve. Um, and you'd been inactive. You were on the roster, but inactive for, I don't know, I mean, 10, 12 games or something like that. I what, What's it like, I guess, kind of showing up every day? You're with the team, you're traveling with the team, and it's kind of this question of, Will I get in? Won't I get in? And then when you do get in, maybe the game is is out of hand. How do you how do you mentally stay engaged during that? Because I'm sure at times it's a little tough. Yeah, it's about you know always being in the moment, uh, that, and that's how I look at it. Um, no matter you know if you play or if you don't play, it's your job to be prepared to play. Um, and it may or may not happen, but I think you have to. The onus is on you to to always be ready. And, you know, uh, I like to think of myself living in, you know, this kind of liminal space where, you know, I always have to be in shape. You know, I always have to be on, you know, I don't have, you know, time to, you know, turn it off for even a second because or even a minute because that might be my minute. And, you know, whether it's, you know, three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, uh, if that's the opportunity I have, I have to always be ready to, to seize it. And so, you know, I come in to every game. Um, whether I, I know I'm going to play or whether I, you know, know I'm not going to play, you know, ready to go and, you know, take it from there. Do you have a, a welcome to the NBA moment when you got into a game and it was like, oof, you know, I, that's right. I'm here. I'm at the highest level of basketball. Do you have one of those moments? I think for me, it was, it's, it's been a couple of times and, and they've all been, you know, uh, the same, the same moment. And that's like running out of the tunnel. 
um, for for that uh, twenty minute when it's like twenty minutes on the clock, and you you come out uh, to to for that final you know layup line warm up um, before the game starts. And you know, a couple of times, you know, after we pray and we come to run out, I just see myself you know running through the tunnel and like wow. Like, I'm really in the NBA. Uh, and, you know, you have a, a ton of fans already at the game. Uh, it's about 18 minutes until tip-off. And I just caught myself a couple of times just, like, mesmerized by it. Um, you know, seeing the other team, you know, down the other end. You know, guys I, you know, grew up, you know, admiring or, you know, looking up to or people who I, I really respect in this game and just being like, wow, I'm on this court too. This is uh, this is truly amazing. And, you know, it's, it's only like, you know, 15 seconds that you have to take it in because then you get the ball and then it's time to go. Um, but uh, I think that little, you know, that little moment, you know, that I was able to share with myself those few times was when I was like, wow, this is truly, you know, a blessing to, to be here uh, playing in the NBA. So you, you spent uh, last season on a two-way contract, and then you signed an NBA deal just before the start of this year, and you were with the team up until the trade deadline. Uh, who who on the on the Orlando Magic roster did you did you get the closest with, or I guess did you did you make quick friends with? Who who I guess were you closest with on on that team? You know, I think the the cool thing about the Magic is everyone is, is very open. So um, I got to be close with with a lot of the guys. Um, I think, you know, some of the guys I got really close with, um, all the vets, you know, just because they, they were very open and I was trying to learn a lot. So DJ Augustine um, was great. And, you know, being being around him, becoming friends with him. Um, and then I think, you know, Terrence Ross and Mo Bamba, you know, they're, they're, I'm super close, uh, especially with, with Mo. Um, still talk to him, you know, all the time, check up on him uh, during this quarantine time. Uh, just a great guy and, you know, we uh we both were in the friends league in high school, so we always talk about that. Uh, and then just just being around all those guys uh, on that Magic team, they helped me um, you know get better and grow. So made really good relationships uh, with all the players in that organization. Yeah, I was going to ask you a little bit about just kind of playing against those guys every single day while you were up with the NBA team because. Uh, the Lakeland Magic were seven and zero, Emil, when when you were in the lineup this year, and you put up some monster numbers. Did the game at the G League level when you got a chance to play? And I understand you're going from the NBA down a level as it's as it's seen, but did you feel the game slow down because of the amount of work you put in with the NBA team? Did you feel it just get easier for you when you were playing with with Lakeland this year? I definitely felt a change in speed. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, when you become a professional, I think the, the biggest thing um, that you have to work in your favor and then it can also work you know against you is confidence. And, you know, when you're when you're up with the NBA team and you're playing against, you know, uh, you know, guys that are starters or guys who are playing big minutes uh, in, in NBA games and, you know, you're battling with them, you, you gain a, a, a air of confidence and a level of confidence Um that when you go down to the G League, you can be a leader. You can take what you learn uh, from the parent club and, uh, and apply it there. So for me, it was just about, you know, showing, you know, what, what I could do and, you know, believing in my abilities and going out there and, and helping Lakeland win. Um, Lakeland had a, had a really good team before I got there. So for me, I just wanted to, to add um, to what was already uh, going well. I'm kind of all over the place here, Emil, but I just realized I've gone about 12 minutes here and I haven't asked you about the Aaron Gordon diss track yet. Uh, and I would be remiss, 
Uh, have you heard the diss track and, and your thoughts on said Dwayne Wade diss track? I, I did hear the diss track and, you know, it's a, a lot of uh, satire and, and sarcasm <laughs> there. Um, I know those guys uh, are, are, are good friends and, you know, I think it, it's great. And, you know, we're all going a little quarantine crazy. So I'm glad a- AG put that out uh, for us and, and gave us a good laugh and, you know, something to look at. Um, I do think, you know, Aaron Gordon um, and probably, you know, most of the world uh, feels that Aaron Gordon should be a, a two-time, you know, dunk champion and, you know, at the very least a two-time co, you know, uh, dunk champion because, you know, don't take away from uh, Derek Jones and Zach Levine. They put on, you know, amazing performances too. But, uh, you know, Aaron Gordon can rap a little bit, can he? Uh, so to uh, to hear him, you know, just uh, tell his truth a little bit um, in, in such a, a, a cool way, um, drinking Dwayne Wade's wine and, you know, uh, you know, mm-hmm. putting down some 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 lyrics was was pretty cool. Yeah, I think he needs to give Macklemore the coat back. But other than that, um, it was a, uh, <laughs> it was it was a, it was a fun track that that that, that he put down. And, and like you said, we're all a little quarantine crazy at this point. Uh, kind of waiting for waiting for games to get back. And a, a lot of guys don't even I didn't I I didn't even realize this. I guess I was naive. A lot of guys don't have access to a basketball hoop. Like I know that Jonathan Isaac doesn't. I talked to him a few weeks ago and and a few guys living in the city. Uh, have you have you touched a basketball during this time at all? What what have you what have you been able to do basketball wise? Yeah, so luckily I want to say we've been in quarantine about probably going on seven weeks, maybe. Yeah. Um, if I just had to guess, uh, maybe eight, six, seven, eight the weeks. Days all run, yeah, going. the days all run together. Oh man, I'm telling you, it's like Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wake up and do the exact same thing. But uh, so for the first, I would say four and a half, five weeks, um, I had access to a gym, a uh, private gym, where we just could go and get some shots up. It would be uh, two maybe three of us and they would rebound for me and I'll be able to, to get a workout in uh, a couple days a week. Um, as of the last two weeks, they shut the, the entire gym down, um, redoing the floors and all that. So I haven't been able to get in the gym. So for me, uh, I wake up, you know, I do some ball handling and that, that's the, that's the best thing I could do with the basketball, maybe some, uh, just some form shooting, but uh, since that's been gone, I've been heavy on, on tennis and heavy on Peloton, which is, you know, the Peloton bike, um, just to stay in shape. But, you know, for the last two and a half weeks, I, I haven't, you know, been able to even shoot a basketball on a, on a court. Do you have a, uh, on the Peloton there, do you have a group ride set up? Are you riding with some other guys that, that you know, or is it just you going solo? I don't. I just do the solo and I uh, I pick a different ride. Um, I usually go with the, there's a guy named Toussaint um, who, who does really cool hip hop rides. And I usually you know do the 30 minute uh, hip hop ride or um, if I really want to you know challenge myself, I do the 20 minute Tabata ride, which is just like high intensity, uh, 20 seconds on, 20 seconds off interval training, which is pretty cool and gets you a really good sweat. Nice. Yeah, we've all been trying to figure it out. I've I have discovered running outside for the first time. I think since I don't know high school uh, during during all this because they've closed all of our uh, all of our gyms. <laughs> uh, speaking speaking of high school, Emil, I, I want to take you back here for a minute as I'm kind of jumping around here. Um, you're of course from the you're from the Philadelphia area. Uh, you were a McDonald's All American when you were in high school. You of course end up going to Duke, so that means at some point in time, Mike Shishovsky 
is recruiting you. Um, yes. How, what is it like to get recruited by Mike Shashevsky? Did he come to your house? Did he sit in your living room? What's the Mike Shashevsky recruiting pitch to Emil Jefferson, who's one of the best uh, best high school basketball players in the country? Uh, yeah. Um, so my first interaction with with Duke and and Coach K was actually I want to say I was in eighth grade, um, and Duke had. Duke had one uh, elite camp in its entire history, and um, I was fortunate enough to go go to it. And you know, they brought a bunch of high school kids and you know potential would be recruits, and you know they held a little camp. And it was I want to say it was maybe a three day camp. And I think that is when I unconsciously you know fell in love with Duke. Um, you know, I wasn't you know the the best player at the camp or anything by far. There were a lot of great players there. Um, the, the one player I can remember being there who, you know, ended up being, you know, really a cool person is TJ Warren. Um, we were the same class and, um, our, we were probably both in either seventh or eighth grade and we went to this camp and I think that is when, you know, I fell in love with Duke. So, you know, fast forward, you know, five years later or whatever. Um, and now I'm a senior and Duke comes calling and, you know, I was, you know, just thrilled, you know. Uh, they had recruited me a little early on. Um, but when, you know, Coach K was like, I'm taking over, you know, your recruitment process and I'm going to be the one, you know, checking in and calling you and trying to, you know, make you uh, a part of, you know, this Duke Brotherhood. Uh, it was really cool. And when Coach K finally, when I did finally do a, a in-home visit uh, with Duke, uh, and to have Coach K, you know, like you said, sit in my living room, have my brother, you know, come out, offer him something to drink. It was like, wow, it was surreal. You know, you, you never think that you're going to have, you know, Coach K fly to, to Philadelphia and come, you know, sit in, in your living room and pitch you on why you should, you know, be a Blue Devil. But, you know, that, that experience and, you know, those memories are the ones that, that you keep forever. Uh, did he wear the national championship rings when he came to recruit you? <laughs> I think he did. Um, but, you know, when, when you see Coach K for, for the first time, you know, he has this aura around him. And, you know, I call it, you know, the, the winning aura. And it kind of knocks you back. So, really, I just remember him, you know, sitting on the couch. I don't even remember, you know, all that he said. But I just remember thinking, you know, like, wow, this is Coach K. And, and he's sitting in, in my house. Like, <laughs> this is this is pretty amazing, you know. My brother and my family all thought it was uh, super cool. Um, and, you know, I think that's when, you know, I realized, like, you know, this is uh, an amazing opportunity. The crazy part is I never even took a official visit to Duke. So I took five official visits and didn't take one to Duke, ended up taking an unofficial to Duke and, you know, just loved it and, and fell in love with, with that school, the campus and, you know, the people. So if you didn't end up going to Duke, Emil, where would you have gone? Uh, wow. You know what? You know, you know who really recruited me really well and really hard. And, you know, uh, I was really thankful to them, even though I didn't go there. Uh, I thought NC State um, did, a, did a great job in my recruitment process. And I, I really did at, at one point really think I really thought that I would uh, join the Wolfpack and, and go there. And they had a great team and they had three McDonald's All-Americans coming in that year. Um so I think I think there is a possibility that a high possibility that if I didn't go to Duke, I would probably have uh, looked at NC State really hard.
So you mentioned that Duke fraternity, uh, the Duke Brotherhood, I guess is 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 that's what you said. Um, what what is it? What's what's it like that that Duke Brotherhood? Because I know even even last year I saw a video. You you were in the locker room after a game after a Zion Williamson win. Um, it's got to be great to go back there whenever you can get a chance to get back there. And of course they're they're always playing in a big game because they always have such a great program. What's that brotherhood like? Yeah, so. Um... I think it's, it's super special and, you know, to, to play at such a high level um, when you go to Duke, you know, you're, you're playing on TV every other game and, you know, I'm talking about like ESPN. Um, so to, to do that and you're playing against the, the best players in the country, the best teams in the country and to do that with a group of guys and, and share those moments and those bonds, you really do become brothers. And I think what Duke does an amazing job wow. of is keeping that that brotherhood over the years and allowing uh, alumni and current players and future would be prospects to connect um, through a pipeline, which is which is the brotherhood. And I think so, things like social media and you know uh, the social team they have at Duke, who keeps you know all the guys intertwined in some way, is really cool. So for me to go back every year. Um, I try to go back at least two times, once for K Academy and once to see a game um, to keep that, you know, alive and to help and share um, with those young guys in any way possible. I think it's really cool to be a part of something uh, bigger than yourself and something that's that's so amazing and unique um, uh, it is really and truly special. Uh, let me uh, let me let me ask you this, Emil, because you, you play five years at Duke. You had one season that was shortened due to an injury. Uh, you play more games. Am I right here? You played more games in a Duke uniform than anybody, right? I, I think that's the. That, I, that's, I think that's that the, might be true. Yeah, uh, you played in more games than anybody in a Duke uniform. You go to the NBA draft. You of course don't get drafted. What what were the options for you at that point in time? Because you go to the G League, of course, or you go to the Timberwolves organization, you end up in the G League. Uh, you end up signing a two-way contract during that season. But was going overseas an option for you? Why did you elect to begin your pro basketball career in the G League as to other options? Yeah, so uh, uh, like you said, you know, uh, after the draft, I didn't get drafted. Um, I want to say that next day um, I signed the uh, Exhibit 10, I think it is, or, mm-hmm. you know, I agreed to sign a contract with uh, the Timberwolves to come play in uh, summer league and then to come to training camp. And, you know, for me, I did have, you know, opportunities to go overseas, but, you know, I knew that, you know, I wanted to give, you know, the NBA a shot or at least try. And, you know, the G League was probably the, the best route in doing that. It was the, you know, the closest path to the NBA and I would be with the Timberwolves and, you know, uh, whether I had made the team in training camp or not, I knew going to, to Iowa was a real possibility. And I just, I believe, you know, I believe that in myself and my abilities. And it's just about, you know, having a will, you know, to, to keep going um, and understanding that if you believe you belong, you know, you can show others. Um, the G League was, was great for me. Um, I got a, a, a lot better. Um, in that year I spent in Iowa and it gave me an opportunity to blossom, to, you know, show, you know, what I could do that, you know, I could be a player that I could, you know, help a team function, 
um, and help a team be better. And I think that's, you know, pretty much, you know, when you get down to the core of it, that's what you want to be when, when you're a basketball player. When you're on the court, you want the team to, to function better than when you're off it. And so every time I, I would step on the floor, whether it was in practice or in a game, I was trying to, to make the guys around me uh, play at a higher level. So I, I guess moving forward for you, Emil, just before play kind of got postponed, you had rejoined uh, Lakeland. You were felt like you were planning to kind of finish out the season with them. Um, we're kind of waiting to figure out what's going to happen with basketball here. But uh, what's what's next for Emil Jefferson? I guess is is are you're you're still looking for opportunities to play basketball? I know that you you were doing so. Stan Heat said something. You were doing something with at, at Harvard or something like that. What's what's what, what's what's ahead for Emil Jefferson? Yeah. So, you know, I think I still have a lot of basketball to play. Um, and, you know, I'm still, you know, madly in love with the game and, you know, getting better and, you know, continuing to, uh, you know, lay path work and, you know, lay a foundation for, you know, who, who I am as a basketball player. But, you know, then, yeah, of course, off the court, um, just trying to, to learn as much as I can. So doing things like uh, that uh, MBAs crossover into business at uh, Harvard Business School, um, was super, you know, uh, enriching and amazing and, you know, just taught me how to, to think, you know, a little differently and look at um, case studies and be able to analyze them and just understand, you know, what's going on in the world and what things that, that help make this world run. Um, but, yeah, I think basketball is still, you know, my first passion, my first love and the thing I'm, I'm still chasing. Um, and so we'll see once, you know, all this craziness, uh, you know, starts to, to turn down whenever that is and the dust starts to settle, um, we'll get back to work and, you know, try to make a, another opportunity happen. So it sounds to me a little bit like Emil Jefferson, commissioner of the NBA might be in order at some point in time here, something like that, maybe the Players Association, uh, <laughs> something like that. Is, are, do, do you have your eyes on on maybe doing something, you know, hey, the NCAA may need a new president at some time, Emil, uh, is that is that something of interest to you? I mean, you know, I, I want to leave every, you know, option open and, you know, uh, try to uh, leave no stone unturned. So for me, it's about continuing to work um, and then continuing to grow, uh, especially off the court. And I think when, when you do that, you leave yourself open for, you know, numerous opportunities. And then you try to grasp hold of the, the one you feel is the best path. So um, I would love to do to stay in basketball. Um, for the rest of my life, you know, I, I grew up loving it and I love it just as much to this day. So uh, being in basketball and, and any, you know, breath in any way, I think would really be cool. All right. Emil Jefferson, listen, you, you've been really generous with your time. I'm going to get I'm going to get you out here uh, with all of our guys. We do five questions to finish the down the road podcast. So five questions you can answer as quickly as you want. Um, it's up to you. Uh, I will. I'll start here with you. OK. The best trash, okay. the best trash talker you ever played with, either in college, high school, pro, was who? Uh, I'm gonna go with Jason Tatum. Uh, he uh, he is very funny, um, but uh, we just talk a lot of trash all the time. So you know, especially you know when we're playing ones or you know even off the court before we play. Um, that's why I think I like that because he'll he'll get you hyped up before you play by talking trash, you know, going up into it, and then when you finally when you guys finally get on the court, you guys really go at it. So um, talking trash with him is uh, always cool because um, he motivates you, you know, to to play hard. 
the angriest that you've ever seen Coach K? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> the angriest I've ever seen Coach K is probably when we lost um, to NC State at home. Uh, it was a, a very bad loss. Um, and, you know, we came in the next day and, you know, we had to uh, give up a lot of our Duke stuff and, you know, uh, go back to basics, um, wear pennies. And it was like, uh, it was not fun to, to be around, uh, around, you know, the, the gym or, you know, be there until we won that next game. So it lit a fire under us. So we definitely needed it. But, you know, for those uh, two or three days, uh, it, it was not pretty. Um, in practice, we were doing, you know, mostly drills where you had to compete and dive on the floor. Um, and we, we got back to the fundamentals of just being nitty gritty and, you know, the, the, the small things that built Duke. So it was a tough time, uh, but it was a time that made uh, all the guys better. So wait a minute, Kay went back to the you don't get to wear the Duke logo stuff after after a loss. Is that what it was? It was just the, the back oh. down to basics? Oh, yeah. We were in, 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 in plain white T-shirts and, right. you know, blue shorts. And, you know, we had pennies on and and uh, <laughs> we were we were going at it. Uh, we were going at it day in and day out. That is uh, it's an oldie but a goodie. That's uh, Kay, Kay took that one out of the vault there in order to use. I like that. Uh, let me get to the next one here. Uh, the cooler Plumley brother that you played with. Ooh. Okay, uh, I think Mason is the coolest of, of the of the Plumley brothers, just because he dude is just so down to earth. Uh, he was my uh, captain my freshman year, so you know I just have a level of and a degree of respect for Mace that, and you know he's just an amazing dude. Um, but uh, I think me and Marshall were probably the closest. Uh, me and Marshall lived together. Uh, we won a national championship together. Uh, we used to, you know, have these late night talks or, you know, just sit around the house and just really uh, have some really heart, deep heart to hearts and cool conversations. Uh, so I think Mace and Marshall are, are definitely uh, probably a, a two way tie. All right. I'll get you out on this, Emil Jefferson. How many times have you won the net? Have you have you worn the national championship ring uh, that you won at Duke, of course, out in public? Wow, that's a great question, um, because I, I think I've only worn it twice, maybe. Uh, yeah, I think I've only worn it twice. So the first time uh, I wore it is when we actually got it, um, and we I wore it to meet President Barack Obama, uh, which was an amazing experience, being able to go up to D.C. Um, uh, with the guys that we had just, you know, done something truly amazing with and be able to spend that time with them. So I wore the ring uh, that time to meet Obama. And then I wore the ring again when I graduated. Um, so uh, at graduation um, at Duke, uh, just super proud moment, uh, cap and gown on, had my uh, class ring on and my uh, national championship ring and was just showing it off and it was super cool. So I'll, I've only pulled it out for those two special occasions. Um, and, you know, yeah, the moment has to be really, really special for me to, to get that out. It's uh, in pristine condition. No doubt. No, no, no doubt. Well, Emil, man, I really appreciate you giving us all, all your time today. Uh, it's been fun talking to you. I look forward to seeing you on a basketball court again soon. I, I look forward to seeing anyone on a basketball court again soon uh, <laughs> while we're getting through this, man. But uh, ride safe on the Peloton uh, and, uh, and, and good luck with all the tennis and all that. I appreciate the time, man. Thank you. 
Of course. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, this has been great. Thank you.